All right, welcome to Compassion Christian Church. You know, we are a multi-site church, one church with six locations. Actually, we have thousands of locations right now because wherever you are, uh, you're a location. So welcome. We're glad you're here. Hey, we're in this series called Elephant in the Room, and that basically means that we asked for your questions. What do you want to talk about? You know, what questions have you always wanted to ask? And we just got this huge list, and there's a bunch of different categories. And so my category of questions today is dealing with how does God speak to us? And let me just read you some of the questions uh, that were asked in that category. Uh, How do I hear from God? Other people say they hear God tell them something, but that's never really happened to me. Does God usually talk supernaturally to people, or am I missing something? Uh, When I try to make a tough decision, how do I find God's guidance? Um, How do I know it's actually God directing me? I've heard other people say, uh, God talked to them, but I'm not really sure what they're saying is really from God. How do I know? I mean, tons of questions. There's obviously a lot of confusion about this topic. So this is fun talking about it. And in order to really dig into this, what we really need to do is remove a lot of the confusion. And that's a big chunk of what I want to do. It's kind of like, you know, when you fix something, you got to move the debris first. We had this pipe leak uh, in front of our house, right? Water's coming out of the ground. And to fix it, uh, the city comes in and they have to dig up the concrete and they got to, you know, remove the dirt. And then basically they get to the pipe and there's a hole in the pipe, right? So, oh, okay, now I can fix the pipe. But to get there, you have to remove all the debris. And in questions like this, I think that's really what you got to do. You got to kind of deal with the debris, remove the confusion. And then as you do that, you actually start to see the answers clearly. So that's what we're going to do, right? That's what we're going to do. I'm going to start out with just dealing with a lot of this confusion and removing some of that debris. But before we start digging into that, a lot of the misleading stuff, I want to say this so it doesn't get lost. God will communicate to you and lead you every day if you sincerely seek to listen to him. This is an opportunity. God wants to speak to you. So God does speak to you, but maybe maybe you've been confused about one of these questions. So here we go. Um, Let's dig in first and remove some of this confusion. I think there's four main reasons why there's so much confusion on how God speaks to us. Number one, sometimes People make subjective claims that lead to confusion, meaning they, they, they say something and they say, you know, God told them something, but there's really no way to tell if God was the one saying that to them or not. And that's probably happened to a lot of people. Let, let me tell you, I, I got a lot of these stories, but let me just tell you one that came to mind as I was preparing this. It's kind of a funny story. Um, so uh, back in 1996, um, I was, I worked for Crossroads Missions, shout out to Crossroads Missions, and I was in Mexico at the time, and this couple came up to me, and I knew the couple, and they said to me, though, hey, um, we need you to come to dinner uh, at our house tonight, and I, you know, I was with a group of people, and I was like, you just need me to come to dinner? It's like, yeah, we have to tell you something, so it sounded pretty serious, and, which makes me a little nervous, by the way, but um, anyway, so I went, and uh, I get there, and, you know, Husband and wife are there, and there's great food. And right away, you can tell that the wife is just itching to say something. And so she, she just can't wait. She sits down and says, okay, we just got to tell you. We just got to tell you what happened. I said, okay, okay. 
and I'm a little nervous, I'm bracing myself a little bit. And then she goes, okay, listen, we've prayed and God has spoken to us, which is like, wow, I'm going, wow, okay, wow. Can't wait to hear what he said to you. And she goes, yeah, God spoke to us and he told us, you're supposed to marry my sister. So it's already a little awkward, right? Because I'm there at this family's, you know, dinner. I didn't know what to do with that. So I was like, okay, I want to be a good Christian. Like, did God talk to them? I don't want to, I don't want (laughs) to disobey God. I didn't know what to say. So I said, uh, I said, okay, um, well, do you have a picture of her? (laughs) I mean, I didn't know what to do. So um, they're like, yeah. So the, she goes and she grabs a picture and gives it to me, okay? And I'm holding it. And look, don't, don't think I'm a mean guy. I'm just telling you the way the story went down. So I look at the picture, and I'll be honest with you. I was, wasn't really hearing anything from God. You know what I mean? I just, I just didn't know how to interpret this. Now, um, you know, maybe if they would have showed me a picture of Mickey Simpson, who's now Mickey Allgaier, maybe the voice of God would have spoke to me. I don't know. But anyway, I, I, I didn't want to, like, I didn't know what to do with this. So I, I said, look, I'll, I'll pray about it. I'll pray about it. So I went and I prayed about it. You know, nothing came of, a, you know, of that. I didn't end up marrying that person. But how do you know? I mean, they said God spoke to them. How do you know if God did or didn't? I mean, what are you supposed to do with that? So I think what actually happened there was something really innocent. I think they said something in a way um, that, that, that probably shouldn't have said. I think what we need to do instead of just automatically saying, God told me, and this, is, this might have happened to you before. Someone might have said that to you. You might have heard someone say that. I think we need to use humble language to describe when we feel God communicating to us. Just say something more cautiously or humbly, like just, I feel like God's impressing upon me, or I, I feel like, Maybe God's communicating this. Just use more humble language. And in the chat right now, you know, type in there on the chat, you know, a way that maybe you communicate that when you feel like, you know, God is communicating something to you. Maybe you have a humble way to say that that could help other people. That'd be good to just kind of start the conversation going there on the chat. So um, I think it's important to be cautious about claiming something is from from God when it might not be. Okay. Okay. that story is kind of innocent, no big deal, but there are times when it is a big deal, when it can actually be sin, because we can be in violation of the fourth commandment. Exodus 27 in the Ten Commandments, the fourth commandment, it says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. So you, you don't want to attribute something to God that isn't of God or from God. So just be cautious And in my story, no big deal. That was innocent. But there's other times where it can do damage. There's hundreds and hundreds of stories like that. There's a a famous preacher. I'm not going to say his name. But he had this massive following. He predicted the world was going to end on September 6, 1994. All right? So people sold their stuff, sold, sold all their stuff, sold their houses. I mean, and it didn't happen. Okay? At least not that I'm aware. Right? So then they changed the date. He changed the date to September. He's like, oh, I was wrong. Here's why. It's September 29th. It didn't happen. He changed it to October 2nd. It didn't happen. This is a true story, by the way. Uh, then he changed it to May 21st, 2011. 
It didn't happen, all right? And all these people are freaking out and they're selling their stuff and all kinds of stuff. Sometimes it's damaging. Use cautious language. Do not, just be careful about attributing something to God that isn't of God by simply using humble language and being cautious. Okay, so a second thing that causes a lot of confusion about this topic is sometimes people say, God told me to succinctly communicate a more complicated story. So in other words, nothing really wrong with it, but they're, they're saying God told me just because they're, they're, just, they're not really saying God verbally talked to me, but they're, but they're communicating a bigger process. Let me explain uh, this by giving you a story. So 20 years ago, and longer than that, 21 years ago or something like that, Cam was actually with me. We were um, downtown with a group of pastors. This pastor was from Atlanta, and he was some kind of associate pastor of this really big church in Atlanta. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is or anything like that. <laughs> like that. But, um, and he was just teaching on some stuff. And he said, and he, he used to be the, an executive for a major corporation who was in charge of, an, of the, this corporation's business on an entire continent. And he said, and, and God told me to leave that business and go to this church. And so I did. I left and went to the church. It was an amazing story. It's like, it's like supernatural sounding that God just told him. He heard the voice of God, and he left. So the meeting's over. Everybody leaves. I stuck around. And I just asked the guy. I said, hey, that was a really interesting story, and I'm interested to hear more about your story. Tell me more about that. And then what he did was he went on to explain a four-year process where he had gotten discontent in the work he was doing and felt like God had more for him and something else for him. And then he started visiting that church. Anyway, you get where I'm going with this. All we heard was God told me, but actually what happened was a four-year time period where God worked on his heart in numerous ways and eventually led him to that church. And so he wasn't being sinful. He was just using misleading language. And I just don't, I just think sometimes we use simple words and we don't realize that we're causing confusion. So again, use cautious, use humble language. Say things like, I feel like God has impressed upon me, or I, I feel maybe God is leading me to, rather than boldly, God told me, when, it, when we should be a lot more cautious and realize that we often are causing a lot of confusion. Another thing that causes so much confusion on this topic is there's many descriptions in the Bible that are not prescriptions. There's something called descriptive truth in the scriptures, and prescriptive truth. The Bible is a lot of different literary genres, poetry, history, whatever, but it's mostly history, the biggest chunk of it. So it's describing events. So it's descriptive truth. It's describing things that happen. But there's a lot of teaching in the Bible too. A lot of times the Bible will say, you need to do this, or this is, it's a prescription. But sometimes we don't separate between a time when the Bible is describing something versus when it's prescribing. It might be just describing something and not prescribing it. There's hundreds of examples I can give you of this. Let me just give you one that's kind of fun. In the book of Acts, in the first chapter, Jesus leaves. All the disciples are there. Judas is gone, so there's only 11. And so Peter thinks, man, we need another disciple because Jesus picked 12. We don't know 
if Peter was supposed to do that. It's really interesting. It doesn't say, and Peter did the right thing. He just does this. And so they, they narrow it down to these two guys, Justice and Matthias. And they don't know how to choose which one. So listen to what the scripture says they do. So this is Acts chapter 1, 23 to 26. So they nominated these two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots. It's like, you know, they rolled the dice and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. I mean, they cast lots. So when you read this story, like our, and you have a tough decision, and you're thinking right now, oh, man, I have a tough decision. You know what? I just go get a pair of dice and roll it. If it's odd, I'm not going to do it. If it's even, I'm going to do it. Is that what we're supposed to do? No. That's just describing something that happened in the Bible. We don't even know if Peter was supposed to do that or not. It's a real complex story. This happens a lot in Scripture, where God will do something miraculous or some you know, thing will happen. It's describing what happened, but it's not necessarily prescribing what God wants you to do. That's why we need the church together. We need teachers. We need preachers. We need, you know, you know, people to kind of, you know, parse out the word for us so we know what's going on. So that happens sometimes. The book of Acts itself takes place over a 30-year time period. There's about 30 major miracles that happen in the book of Acts. And there's all descriptions of all these miraculous things. Uh, Paul comes to Jesus by Jesus showing up in a bright light and speaking to him. Most of us didn't come to Jesus that way. It's just describing what happened. So again, that can confuse us because we run into these descriptions, but they're not necessarily prescribing how we're supposed to, you know, hear God and listen to God. So at the same time, let me say this super loud and clear. This is really important. God can do whatever he wants whenever he wants. So I'm, gonna, I'm about to tell you in a little bit, you know, how God communicates to us. But in the midst of all that, remember this line, God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, all right? He's not in a box. He has given us a way to seek him and hear from him, but he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Let me give you a couple of examples of this that still, you know, that, that, that happened today. We, we've, we've found, because we have all these missionary partners in other countries, that in places where God's word is not prevalent, they don't have access to the Bible in the same way that we do, God will do things in order to get them to his word. He'll bridge the gap. And so one of the ways this happens a lot, especially like in countries like that are mainly, you know, one, one uh, religion like uh, Tunisia, for example, it's 99.8%, you know, Muslim. And so we have some uh, missionary partners there. And we hear these stories a lot that God will show up. God will bridge the gap to his word. He'll show up in a dream and lead somebody to his word. So, for example... I was talking to uh, Ralph Stice, who's, who's one of our missionary partners, and he, he's got a few of these stories, and, and I've met a couple of these people he's talking about. And this one guy, uh, Syed, uh, he came to Christ through a dream. He, he, God used a dream to bring him to Jesus because he didn't have access to the Bible. He didn't, he didn't have people he could go to. It's a, it's a longer story, but let me just read to you a little bit of his testimony that I actually have. So, one day, this is Syed re, uh, writing down his journal. One day I got really sick and was afraid that I would die. I cried and prayed to God during the night of power in the month of Ramadan. 
I dreamed that Jesus took my hand and said, come with me and don't be afraid. I'm always with you. We crossed a scary river full of thorns and rocks, wild animals and snakes. And Jesus said with a smile, nothing will touch you. Don't be afraid. I woke up in the night and I wondered what the dream was about. After three days, I had another dream, which I was standing on the seashore and I watched Jesus walk on the water. He said, come to me. I asked how. He said, come to me and I will be with you. And I walked across the water. And that dream prompted him to do everything he could to find a Christian. And he found a community of believers. And then they explained the gospel to him. He came to Christ and now he's a believer in the city of Tunis in Tunisia. But God does whatever he wants, whenever he wants. He used dream to bridge the gap. You notice though in these stories A lot of these stories, when he bridges the gap, when he does something supernatural like that, and by the way, I think all of God's communication to us is supernatural. I think reading his word is supernatural, prayer is supernatural. So I I just mean something that's out of the ordinary. The story is usually taking that person to God's word. In other words, he gave this guy a dream, but he led him to what, what we already have, God's word. Let me tell you one other story. I got to tell you this story. I haven't shared this like, you know, I just haven't preached on this story before. I just want to tell you this. I was in Israel a few years ago with some other people and was with this guy named Yaron. And um, we got really close to him. And at one point, uh, he's a believer, but he is a Jewish background. His whole family is Jewish and nobody else in his family is Christian. And, and I asked him, I said, so how did you, how did you come to Jesus? And he was kind of reluctant to tell the story. He's like, he's like, okay, you really want to know? And I'm like, yeah. And there's a bunch of us listening. And he goes, okay, my dog. And I'm like, okay, now I'm really interested, right? I mean, I know dogs are Christians, but I was really interested in hearing this story. By the way, the dog is a Christian thing is sort of a joke, sort of not a joke. Okay, so anyway, he goes, my dog. And, and here, he explains the story. He, he was in this really dangerous situation where there's kind of almost a riot, and his dog was always with him and protected him, always by his side, and kind of was growling at people and helped him get away. And, um, but then the dog ran, and the dog never does this. The dog never leaves his side. The dog ran. He took off. And this is, for, for those of you who have been to the old city, this happened at Damascus Gate, and the dog takes off. And he runs up to the corner by the old city of Jerusalem um, on the outer walls. And the guy is, Yaron's running after him. And the, he thinks the dog's running away. The dog stops. I'm just telling you the story the way the guy told me the story. The dog stops and looks at him. And when he sees his master, Yaron, that he, he sees him, the dog takes off this direction. And so Yaron takes off and runs. And he gets around the corner and he looks and the dog is stopped up there at another corner. And when Yaron starts running, and you, you see where this is going, this keeps happening. Takes him all the way around to this other gate called the Jaffa Gate. And I don't know how far that is, mile and a half, I don't know, you know, a couple miles around. And the dog runs into the old city of Jerusalem. And this is not good because this gate, especially, a lot of people. And, the, and he's, now the guy's like freaked out. The dog's running. The dog sees him and runs into this courtyard of this church. And it's, it's a couple hundred yards from Jaffa Gate. It's called Christ Church. He runs into this courtyard, and there's these two people right outside the church on a bench, and the dog sits down by them. And Yaron is embarrassed, and he walks up. He goes, I can't believe my dog ran up to the church. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. And the people like, what's your name? Da, 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 da. To make a long story short, they asked him a really bold question. Do you want to know Jesus? And he's like, yes. 
And you know what they did? They explained the gospel to them, to, to your own. And he gives his life to Jesus. The, the dog, God did whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted, to bring him, to bring your own to the gospel, to his word. It's an amazing story. And when he's telling us the story, I mean, he's weeping as he's telling us the story. God will use whatever he wants. He'll use anything. I mean, he's probably not going to use a cat, okay? Let's just be upfront about that. But he's going to use just about, actually, okay, let me just tell you something about cats. I secretly love cats even though I publicly make fun of cats, okay? So what I want you to do uh, just to get the chat going, is in the chat room that you're on right now. You type in dog or cat, whichever one you love the most, and then just give us one reason why in the chat. Just go ahead and do that as you continue to listen, okay? So I want to give cats their fair share of time also. So, you know, getting on track, I want you to think about this. All those supernatural events, they Think about what they led those people to. They led those people back to the word, to what God had revealed for them in the word. What you and I already have. God clearly prefers to use his people to communicate his word. But when God wants to, God will do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Now, the fourth thing that causes so much confusion on this topic is that is, the, is that the Holy Spirit is a continuous permanent presence in us, but the Holy Spirit is invisible. So, so the Holy Spirit is there inside of us. God's presence is inside of us. And when you put your faith in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit permanently and continuously in you, but you don't visibly see the Spirit. And this is part of what it means to walk in faith. Part of what walking in faith means is that we don't visibly see or verbally hear God, but he is continually working and walking with us. And the Bible even explains it like that. This is the walk of faith. This is how we walk in faith. And God, and the scripture says God prefers this relationship of walking in faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says those exact words. We live by faith, not by sight. So the evidence of God is there. The evidence of truth of Scripture is there. The evidence all around us of God is there. God's leading us. But it's in the faith realm. Not visible, not audible. And there's a lot of Scriptures that talk about this. Hebrews chapter 11 goes into this in more in depth. Uh, verses 1 and 6. Now, faith is the confidence we have uh, uh, and what we have hope for and insurance about what we don't see. So there's the evidence around us, even though we don't visibly hear it or see it, we see the evidence. And then it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So again, he do, God does whatever he wants, whenever he wants, audibly, visibly, whatever. But scripture tells us way, the way that God tends to operate and the way God prefers to operate is in the invisible way of faith. So, you might never hear an audible voice from God, okay? And if you haven't, just for the record, I haven't either. But that doesn't mean God doesn't speak to you. Remember the main point I said at the beginning. 
God will communicate to you and lead you every day if you sincerely seek him and are trying to listen to him. God will speak to you, communicate to you every day, not in an audible voice, but in many ways he will communicate with you. If you seek to hear from him, he will. And it's going to be in that faith area. Now, most of the questions that were asked about this topic were about removing the confusion. But I also want to say something about how you can hear from God right now. I want to get at that, right? We've removed the debris and gotten past a lot of that. So I don't want to waste time. I want to dig right into like, okay, then how does God talk to us? Like, what's his preferred method? What has he given us? How do you hear from God? To hear from God every day, there isn't a formula But there are three essential ingredients, the Holy Spirit, the word of God, and prayer. Okay, it's not a formula, but there's three essential ingredients, three things that you need in your life, that you need more of, that that will open the, the communication doors wider for God to communicate with you. Now, remember, too, God communicates to us through Everything in the world, okay? He made everything. So he uses everything. He uses art, music, media, all kinds of things, nature, friends, everything to communicate to us. He'll use anything. He's the source of all those things. So he communicates to us in all kinds of ways. And we use all kinds of of things to, to hear from God also, right? But... The three main ingredients in God's daily communication with us, the three essentials, are the Holy Spirit, his word, and prayer. So I want to say this before I explain a little bit more. Um, Look, just tell you, if there's not a lot of God's word in your life, okay? If you're not opening this book or listening to it, if you're not listening to God's word or reading it or whatever, however you're taking it in or you're not in prayer, I, there's not going to be a lot of communication from God to you. And, and I'm saying that out of love. Like there's an opportunity here for, for you to open the door wide for God to speak to you into your heart, into your mind and move in your life in, in ways that maybe you haven't experienced before because you haven't been seeking him in his word and in prayer. And so you can open that door wider. So let me explain just a little bit about these three essential ingredients. Essential ingredient number one is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God's actual presence in you and with you. When you put your faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and he is with you and in you permanently. That's what the scripture says. Let me read you a text, one of the texts that explains this, Acts 2.38. Peter's preaching and he says these words because all these people ask, well, what are we supposed to do? He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when we put our faith in Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. We're saved. Our sins are gone forever. Our destiny is heaven. God, now we're on God's mission, you know, for our lives. We're connected to his purpose. We're in God's family and the Holy Spirit is in our life permanently. And so listen, when you put your faith in Jesus, God is then with you forever. You're saved forever. So if you haven't done that, 
do it right now. Like literally do it right now. In the chat, just type in there, I want to put my faith in Jesus. Or and listen, maybe, maybe you're nervous about it. Maybe you don't know how that works. We know that. We understand like there's fears surrounding this or confusion. Just say, I want to learn more about this. Someone will answer your question and even click on a Click on your name and they'll bring you into a private chat. You can stay in the little private chat as long as you want and leave. You're not going to get stuck in there. Don't worry. But, but, but you can receive the gift of eternal life right now. Right now. You can just click on the little prayer link up on top. It says, I want prayer. Or you can click on the, uh, something in the chat and someone will connect with you right now. When you put your faith in Jesus, when you say, when you, when you believe that he's the son of God who paid for your sins on the cross and rose from the dead, and then you say, I want his payment for my sins. He's my savior, and I'm going to follow him. He's my Lord. And the public side of that is being baptized. You're saved. That's it. Forever. Your destiny is eternity. The Holy Spirit is with you forever. Now, um, there's a lot of scriptures that explain what the Holy Spirit does in our life, right? Scriptures that say the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, like twinges our conscience or leads us and guides us and comforts us. There's so many scriptures about this. But it doesn't exactly say how that works. Let me explain. Meaning it says it connects with our conscience. The Holy Spirit will will move in our minds and move in our hearts and move us to things and comfort us. But it doesn't say like, again, specifically some kind of thing that happens when when the Holy Spirit works. Like you will feel, you know, a little tug on your sleeve. That's the Holy Spirit, right? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say like, you know, your, your right ear will start to feel a little funny. That's God. It doesn't, it doesn't, that's the visible, right? That's the visible world. The faith world is the world where God is working in you, where in your mind, in your conscience, in your heart, the Holy Spirit is working, but it's in the faith world, like we talked about. So, so the Holy Spirit is actively in you, but the scripture doesn't, doesn't say entirely how that works, but it just says all these things the Holy Spirit does. So hold on to that. Now, second, the second essential ingredient is God's word. So this is God's word, the, the Bible. God's word is where God has revealed to us his full will, how he wants us to live, how we can be saved, why we're here, why you are here on the earth, why you even exist. The scripture reveals that to us, things that we otherwise could not know unless God told us and he has told us and he's given us his word. So that's what the scripture is. 2 Timothy 3.16 is a, a verse that explains this. All scripture is God-breathed. So, so even though there's 40 different writers, 66 different books, though, the one source is God. He spoke through these writers, and now we have the Bible. So all scripture is, is from God. It's God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God, which is you may, and me, <laughs> may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is what God uses to train you up, to talk to you, to speak to you, to correct you, to move you, to shape you. So there isn't a need for more scripture, okay? We don't need uh, more information that God hasn't told us. The scripture is the full and complete revelation of God to humanity. 
But here's what you need to know, okay? When I say that, here's what you need to know. This is the full revelation of God to humanity. This is what we need. But when you read the scriptures, when you're hearing the scriptures, God speaks to you personally through the scriptures. God is actively speaking to you. And the scripture says that. Hebrews 4.12 is one of the places where it talks about it. For the word of God is living and active. It is actively addressing you as you're hearing it. Maybe even as you're hearing me talk right now or hearing some of these scriptures, the Holy Spirit's working on you and communicating to you. Maybe it was about the gospel and you've never had a point in your life where you've told Jesus, I'm, I want to be saved. I want to follow you. And, and so the Spirit is working on you. You will hear personally from God through his word. And the scripture says that. So, again, if you're not in the word, then the communication, you're closing the communication lines from God. Open the word, be in the word, listen to it, hear it. God will speak to you. So, two essential ingredients are the Holy Spirit, which you have when you put your faith in Jesus. The second essential ingredient is God's word. The third essential ingredient is prayer. Now, there's all kinds of different forms of prayer. That's the thing. You know, there's all kinds of ways to pray. It's like using the word sports. You know, if you, if you said, I play sports, well, what do you mean? You play badminton, you play soccer. What do you, there's all different, hundreds of types of sports. Well, there's hundreds of forms of prayer. Prayer is essentially any time you deliberately focus your attention upon God, you and God, okay? So right now, my attention is on you. I'm, I'm communicating with you. So that's where my attention is. If I turn my attention away and, I, and, the, and the only one I'm focusing on is God, whether that's listening or talking or reading his word, there's many forms of it. I'm praying, speaking directly to God. My attention's on him. So prayer is that third essential ingredient. And there's, we're, in this, we're doing prayer, you know, this, this prayer time as a church. Jump into these daily things we're doing Learn different types of prayer. We all need to. We're all lifelong learners when it comes to prayer. Now, again, to hear from God every day, there isn't a formula, but there's three essential ingredients. The Holy Spirit, God's word, and prayer. And as those three things increase in you, God's communication to you increases. God wants to speak to you. He will. He does. And as those three things increase in your life, God's communication increases. And you kind of go right away. And I don't know if you had this question, but this is the question I would have when I hear that. Well, wait a second. You just said the Holy Spirit is permanently in me and with me. How does the Holy Spirit, he can't increase in me, can he? Actually, the scripture talks about that. You will always have the Holy Spirit in your life when you put your faith in Jesus. But... You can diminish the Holy Spirit's influence and presence, or you can increase the Holy Spirit's influence and presence in your life. And the scripture talks about that. In 1 Thessalonians, and there's many texts, but 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the Spirit. The Spirit is in you, but you can quench the Spirit by not following God's word, by not dealing with sin in your life, by maybe by holding on to pride and like, I'm going to do life my way and not listen to God. I mean, you're quenching the spirit. You're quenching the work of God in your life. Likewise, you can increase the Holy Spirit's presence and activity in your life by 
humbling yourself and just saying to God, I want to hear from you. I want to do your will. I want to, submit, I want to have a posture of, of obedience towards you. I want to do more of your will. So then what does it look like to then hear from God personally? What do you feel inside or what happens? Like I said, that's the area of faith. You, you know, there's not, it's, not, it's not visible. It's not necessarily audible. It's impressions, convictions on our conscience, ideas that appear in our mind. And Jesus said it would be like that. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now, one last thing. What about making big decisions? You know, I got a big decision. How do I know God's will? What do I do? I I need a sign from God. How do I interpret those signs? Look, when trying to discern God's will in a big decision, God doesn't tell you to seek signs. Instead, he tells you to seek wisdom. Scripture says it like this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. You need help with that decision? Ask God, who gives generously to you without reproach, and it will be given. So when decisions are scary, we all want a sign because we want God to take the responsibility and the risk. But he doesn't do that. He helps us by giving us wisdom. Now, hopefully that clears up a lot of confusion. God wants to communicate with you. He will as you bring more of the word in your life, more of prayer into your life. But right here at the end, I want to I ask you to try something, okay? I want, I want you to try something. I want, you to, I want you to perhaps seek God in a way this week in a way that you haven't done before. And here's how I want you to do it. I want you to spend one hour in prayer without saying anything to God except for this. Just say to God this one thing, Father, I am listening to you. And if someone in the chat would just type that, doesn't matter who it is, any of you, Father, I am listening to you. Just so everybody sees that, I don't care if it's 100 people that type it. Father, I am listening to you. And sometime this week, Take an hour, turn your phone off, go somewhere. Don't say anything. Just tell God you're listening and just see what happens. Uh, I have a hundred stories about this, times where God didn't really talk to me, but being in his presence healed me in some kind of way or, or just kind of settled my heart or did something inside of me. And other times where because I was listening, God flooded my mind with things. So after you do this hour, okay, and do this with somebody, get a friend to do it, do it with your, your whole small group, do the whole small group, do it together. After you do it, write down in your journal just, just what that experience was and then share it with somebody. That's it. Just share the experience. So, so maybe they can, you know, know that this is another way that God communicates to us by listening to him in prayer. God is with you. His spirit is with you. He wants to communicate with you. And as I pray right now, I want to tell you this. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus, do it right now. Just tell someone on that chat or click on that prayer link. And and we'll walk you through it every step of the way. And maybe, though, you need some wisdom. You're struggling with some decision or struggling with something. Click on the prayer link or just write that in the chat. Someone will connect with you. We want to connect with each other. Another way God speaks to us is using his people. You know, maybe you need someone to help clarify something in the word for you or, or give you some counsel. We're there for you. So let's pray together. And you, you can just do that right now where you are. Reach out to us because we want to talk to you. Here we go. Let's pray. Father, we're opening ourselves up to you. And this is our phrase of the week. Father, I am listening to you. Father, I am listening to you. I pray that every person who is hearing this message will see what it 
it's like to take an hour just to be still before you and hear from you. And I pray, God, you, you give everybody who does that some kind of gift. I, you know what I mean? Like, some, Father, something they need in their life, maybe they didn't even know they were looking for, but just some kind of connection with you in some way. Thank you, Lord, for, for hearing us. We know right now you're listening to us. You love us. We love you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, guys, man, what an amazing message from Dave. Have you guys, for the last couple of weeks, maybe last couple of months, or maybe it's been a long time, have you struggled hearing from God? Maybe there's been people that have uh, spoken into your life, given you advice, and you're like, well, how do I know that's actually from God? How do I know that's not your advice or just your own personal agenda trying to play out in my life? Maybe you are asking God right now to speak to you through this, this crazy season that we're in. Maybe you're even asking God to reveal to you where Dave lives because you love cats and you realize now that he hates cats. Whatever that is for you, um, we want you to um, wrestle with a couple of questions uh, with your family, with your friends right now about hearing from God. So here's a question, uh, number one. Have you ever tried to pray, maybe for a longer time period, but you just tried listening instead of talking? What was that like? And the second question we'd love for you to wrestle with is this. Have you ever asked for God's help in giving you wisdom when making a decision? What things did you do to help? Did he help you find wisdom in your decision? Now wrestle with those questions, talk it over with your friends and family, and we look forward to seeing you back here next week.